I'm Mark Reed Edwards, Chief Marketing Officer at HFS. Welcome to this HFS videocast of a special fireside chat between HFS CEO and Chief Analyst Phil First and Brendan Kiley, CEO and co-founder of ThinScale Technology. Headquartered in Dublin, Ireland, ThinScale is a Deloitte Fast 50 and Fast 500 winner. And of course, the company is an HFS hot vendor. Leading the discussion, as always, is Phil First. Phil founded HFS in 2010, and recently the Analyst Observatory at the University of Edinburgh recognized HFS as a leading global analyst firm, ranking HFS second in influence over enterprise buyers and second for engagement with enterprise buyers. So let me hand it over to Phil to get the discussion going. Phil, it's all yours. There we go. Got the second second best, right? Uh, thank you for the introduction, Mark. Um, yeah, um, nice to have you, Brandon. Um, Good to be here, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, you know, we just completed some pretty uh, in-depth research and we sort of came away with some conclusions. This is over 2,000 employees we spoke to, both managers and employees, um, that the great resignation is kind of behind us. It's, it's in the rearview mirror. Uh, there's a bit more engagement between staff and and. and you know, some of the motivations are shifting a bit in terms of what engages them, that sort of thing. But, you know, what are you, what are you seeing out there when you talk to enterprises and uh, you also talk a lot with, the, you know, the contact centers as well, Brendan, in terms of, you know, staffing trends, uh, is this great resignation really behind us? What, what is happening next? So well, thanks, thanks very much for, for having us, Phil. And um, we're really proud of being a, a hot founder. Um, with you guys, I think CX providers and, and all businesses, uh, we're entering the third wave of, of, of challenge. So the pandemic came and, you know, there was a huge crisis around that. And the biggest challenge was, was getting people to work at home. After that, then I think there's a realignment going on around, you know, you asked, is the great resignation over? I'm not sure it was a great resignation. I, I like to call it the great realization. <laughs> um, so, you know, look, our mission is to secure the edge of the infinite workplace revolution. And I know that sounds like a really big statement, but I do see it as a revolution. And this great realization was people sitting back going, actually, for the first time in, in history, I don't have to work or I don't have to live where I work. Um, that those two things in my life can cohabitate in a very different way. And I think the great resignation realization was that uh, demand from employees that I want to work differently. And the key word there, I think, is, is flexibility. Um, yeah. They want flexibility. And because it's happened en masse, um, this has become a huge challenge for companies. So I don't think it's over. I think we're at we're 10% into a revolution, which you know we're all part of defining. And I think 2023 and the coming of 2023 is going to be a, a key year in bolting down what we've learned, understanding what we've learned, taking new technologies and how we make work at home and a hybrid real and easy and normal. Um, so, I think if you look at CX organizations, the, the next wave of challenge is actually the, you know, the financial dark clouds, global dark clouds that seem to be gathering. Um, and they're gathering with pace now. And CX organizations have the challenge of 
having to provide more service and at the same time reduce costs. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you look at what, you know, is required in that is giving the IT teams the agility to meet these challenges that the business keeps presenting. Um, and they're presenting these for the reasons we talked about, you know, um, these different waves of crises that keep coming. And the IT teams each time have to step up and work out how to do things different, how to do things cheaper, um, how to deliver for a hybrid workforce, how to do them faster, and also fundamentally how to do them securely. So if you take one of the big things we deliver is cost and cost reduction. And, you know, we're almost, uh, you know, assisting companies in that transition from the old way of doing things to the new way of doing things. So what is it that employees want when we talk about remote um, security and BYOD and that sort of thing? But um, what is this in terms of benefiting the employee? Why, why should they be excited about this? Well, I, I think that if you look at it from the employee's perspective, going back to what I said at the top of the call, flexibility is what they want and that you know that cohabitation of their work and their their life balance um and to truly achieve that so hybrid you know it's important to have a seamless user experience um across the locations so whether that's on a byod device or indeed on a corporate device it's very important that you know from day one their experience in terms of coming on board and through the onboarding process is seamless in terms of user experience and also in terms of their ability to access what they need. From the employer's perspective, from the CX um, provider's perspective, um, you know, in the past, work from home machines were basically just out there in the wild. And we provide the, the insight that they're able to understand what's going on with those machines, that they're able to patch those machines and manage those machines, whether it's a corporate machine and ultimately secure those machines, whether it's a corporate or a BYOD machine, and that they can have the same user experience at home if they're in a hybrid context as they would in the office, both for okay. the IT manager, okay. but also for the employee. Yeah, so you know, our research showed that we just finished across 2,000 employees actually showed one thing which was of real interest sure. to us, which was technology. their technology experience is the second major factor in whether they stay or leave an employer. So yes. how would a solution like ThinScale improve that experience for the employee uh, and not just the employer? So if you look at some of our customers at the moment, what they're doing is they validate the machine within the hiring process with our validation tool. And that means when the employee shows up on day one, everything works. Um, there's nothing worse than starting a job and you haven't got a machine for a week. And when you do get on, there's multiple passwords, et cetera. So we manage that whole security piece and that whole uh, user experience piece right at the beginning. Um, and then, you know, from a from the perspective of, of the BYOD machine, we've had customers whereby it may take six weeks to get a corporate machine out. So what they do is they set them up on BYOD, they get them working from day one, 
but then over time they may decide to send out a corporate machine if that if that employee is going to stay or they they want the the employee to have a different experience so even within that they're saving a lot of money because we have a lot of cx um providers who would you know somebody starts they send them out a machine sometimes they don't even start so that machine has to yeah. be sent back um and we all know how hard it is to get all those machines back. So, um, and I think, look, as well, from a security perspective, you know, we deliver the peace of mind to IT teams, you know, to give them that visibility and control over endpoints in a work at home environment, whether it's a corporate machine or a BYOD machine. Are you seeing unprecedented demand for what you're doing? I mean, I mean, we're obviously seeing security as the number one issue affecting leadership. Yeah. Uh, challenges right now but it's not the number one issue in terms of investment so people talk about it they worry about it but they don't quite know how to how to handle it so do you feel there's a big gap between leadership uh, embracing better security uh, partners uh, and actually doing things or do you see this gap closing now probably a bit of both um but i think if you step back why 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 is that gap exists in the first place? And I think there's a lot of confusion around the changing state of security. And really, this is marked by the nation state actors moving into this area. That's the truth of it. And, um, you know, locking down endpoints has to be table stakes. That's, that's what we see it as. So, yes, the, right. the gap, I think, is closing. I think if you look at, again, stepping back, you look at the rise of the CISO, um, you know, as a role within organizations, if you look at the implications of GDPR, PCI, HIPAA, and if you're not compliant, um, you know, the costs that you can rack up from that. And, you know, more than 50% of all cyber attacks are typically traced back, you know, to failure to update applications and software with the right patches. These are actually easy, easy things to achieve and we we help companies achieve that with our device management which will be scaling up in the near future in terms of the capabilities of device management at the end point um so the idea is to try and simplify how they deliver but also enhance the security and also reduce costs at the same time and right. um you know that that's achieved through a multiplicity of things you know automation um also understanding uh, the operational implications of hybrid and, and the security implications of that, that it is very different to locking down and securing an environment in an office and only yeah. having secure in the office. So, so the gap is closing. Um, I think there are certain organizations who probably haven't fully grasped the importance of, of the need to always be reviewing your security posture. You're never fully secure. I think that's something that we have to embrace and see it as a constant moving, um, moving thing that has to be reinterpreted and, and, and reassessed on an ongoing basis. Um, and I think there's a huge amount of focus around the cloud um and i mean even you know if you look at from a european perspective phil there's going to be um a uh security um certificate uh regulation coming from the eu that you will have to get certified uh, for your cloud so that this is going to become a much broader geopolitical issue as well 
and that is due to the, the nation state actors coming. So that those items will change the context in how C-suites think about security, the importance of it. Um, and I think that they're the things that will close that gap that you talked about. Yeah, yeah. And how do you help them uh, securely manage customer data and employee data? I mean, this is, this is the big problem right now is where yeah. is data housed? How is it secured? Um, how do we test? That penetration testing is huge now. I mean, you can't even uh, get bills paid by certain corporates unless you have a penetration testing certificate, all, all that sort of stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. So, so um, how do you play into the privacy and security of the data that the employees are, um, uh, are accessing? So our, our software completely locks down the endpoint when they're, when they're using it. So they have no access to their personal machine. They can't copy and paste. They, they can't uh, have, a, you know, even if there's a screen scraper on before they log on, it can't get into the secure area. Um, and really they, they can't, it, it, it's not a container, but they can't take anything outside the environment, if that makes sense. So right, that's right. the yeah. first key thing. I think the other aspect is then when they're inside, you know, if they're a bad actor, we would have various things there that would ensure that um, so that the data remains secure. And yeah. you know, talking about penetrate penetration testing, but we're, we have a never-ending cycle on it, you know, and that's back to that moving thing all the time that you you have to be looking at the next thing and the next thing and the next. Oh, thing. Yeah, my brother-in-law runs a call center, and um, I don't know if it's thin scale he uses, but he uses some device and it drives him nuts because he can't use his Facebook or anything. <laughs> That's probably us. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, there's, you know, there's whitelisting. So if people want their employees to be on Facebook, that's no problem. You know, one of the things we've really tried to build into our products is giving that flexibility to the IT administrators that they decide what their posture is and that they're able to achieve that posture with our soccer through, you know, multiple um, checkboxes and things that they, they, they can do to achieve that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's also, you know, you got to figure out uh, employees, should they manage their personal digital life separate from their professional yeah. digital life? Because they get very, especially during pandemic, they got very, very blended. And now people are pulling back a bit from this. And um, that's the key. That's the key thing, Phil, that the Secure Remote Worker, our BYOD solution, solves. So it is an application that sits on the personal machine. They can use their personal machine. Once they go into Secure Remote Worker, they're temporarily completely locked out of their personal machine. They can only access what the, the, their employer wants them to access. And, and once they log off, it, it, the application disengages and they have their own personal PC. Whereas to contrast that on the corporate machines, um, our thin kiosk product, it locks down that yeah. machine completely and you can't get to the C drive in any way, shape or form. You can only access all the time what your employer wants yeah. you to access. I mean, it seems to me that um, this, is, this should be every company is, well, most companies now have hybrid work and have this issue, right, whether they're a call center or a um, service center or whatever, right? Um, mm -hmm. In terms of um, being able to partition what is corporate versus what is personal. There's some customers who put secure remote worker on a corporate machine because they want to allow their employees use the corporate machine for personal reasons. 
So when they do their work, they do it inside Secure Remote Worker. And when they do their personal stuff, they do it outside. So that means then they're only carrying one device if they're traveling. And I, I always remember being at a, a C-suite meeting and um, I made that point and somebody in the room said, well, we don't allow our, our, our employees to use their corporate machine for personal reasons. And the CTO very nicely put up his hand and said, I use my corporate machine for personal reasons. And if I am, everybody else is. So, you know, you can have a policy, but you're very dependent on the employees to follow that policy. Whereas if you can force the policy through how they access the apps on the machine, it's a much safer way of doing it. Um, well, Phil, you, you had, a, you had a, a lot of talks with the, with the organizations that we would deal with, um, particularly around the, the, the award. Um, what, what was kind of the particular aspects of our technology that stood out that the, you know, the researchers decided to include us as a hot vendor? You know, I think a lot of it was around the applicability to uh, a major industry rather than just sort of, you know, saying here's a general security uh, BYOD product. I think it was very tailored for the, uh, the CX space and, and, and an understanding of the needs of the CX space in terms of, you know, they would roll on, roll off staff. They would have staff with their own personal devices, staff with their own uh, corporate devices. The fact that you get hybrid, uh, you get the EX, CX components of the industry, and you have something that's very plug and play, very immediate, for their needs versus something that's very complicated and it's going to take an awful long time for them to implement. So I think speed of implementation, um, we had positive uh, feedback from uh, clients that were using it, obviously, from the whole vendor process, um, and very, very relevant and ahead of its time, to be honest with you. I think, um, it, you know, what you're doing is very, very relevant now, uh, even more so than, uh, than ever. And then now we're seeing a lot more gig work starting to happen. Um, different types of work that the CX firms are dealing with. We're also seeing uh, a lot more of the staffing firms getting into CX, getting into tech. So I think, you know, you're in a good place to keep evolving what you do to uh, be very, very relevant. And, and honestly, this is the area of services. It's got a $1.7 trillion market and growing. And uh, with the inflation in wages we're seeing now um, and the talent resource thing that, that, that's going on, I can only see this going in one direction. So we're in a good spot. Well, that's, well that's, for, for, first of all, thank, thanks for those insights. I mean, I think you know, something that we focused on is really reducing that time from sale to seat. You know? So getting agents onboarded and trained and into production you know, faster is absolutely crucial. So from when a CX operator closes the deal, how can they get that first employee up and running on that contract? And how do you narrow the gap of that time? Um, but yeah, so that's something we, we've been focusing on a lot. And, you know, on the, the issue of services, I, I agree with you. Um, I think you said earlier in our conversation, the, the need to... Um, Everything's moving so fast. The need to have specialization outhouse as well as in-house is going to going to increase um, uh, rapidly over the next the next period of time. So I, I would definitely agree with you on that. Um, yeah, it's uh, exciting times ahead, Phil. Exciting times. Okay, well, it's been a pleasure meeting you, Brandon, and uh, I look forward to keeping close to your product. And yeah, I look forward to the next time. Thank you.
Great. Thanks, thanks Phil. Thanks, Phil and Brendan, for an enlightening discussion. To learn more yeah. about HFS, head over to hfsresearch.com, where you can view most of our research for free. Plus, we have a growing library of videocasts just like this one that you can take with you wherever you go. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next HFS videocast.